You are listening to Vintage House on WNUR with DJ Lori Branch, Kevin Mega McFall, and Lauren Laurie. Vintage, vintage, vintage House on WNUR. You. That was that was good. She took it all the way down. She's like, ain't no fading out here. So uh I'll take that down here. There we go. All right, if you are listening, you are listening to Vintage House. I'm your host again, Lori Branch. We're excited to bring another great show tonight. Our guest is Mr. Melvin Gentry. I want to call Melvin many things, but first I'm gonna say he's a DJ. I'm gonna let you define yourself, but this is how I think of you. Okay. I think of you as a DJ, as a dancer, as a curator, and as a uh, obviously very attractive, healthy, you know, sort of a, 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 a I would say like a role model <laughs> for how we should be in the house music community. Because you're one guy who has been able to like stay the same for the last 35 years since <laughs> I've known you. He don't I'm look. He don't look any different than he did like 35 years ago, and I think you even got better looking. Well, thank you. How I does that know. happen? Wow, I'm blushing. Uh, I'm a vampire. Let me okay. start by saying okay. that. Okay, you're drinking blood. You can, yeah, you can read about me in any Anne Rice novel. <laughs> <laughs> but I do appreciate that coming from such an iconic one as yourself. Oh, come on, get out! Of I here. do appreciate the compliments and. I don't know. I've just always believed in living life. Yes. And um, you're as young as you feel. So. Well, the reason I say that is because, listen, all the DJs I know who are out there will attest to this, that sometimes it's hard as you get older um, to, you know, to keep the weight off. I know this is not like a house music topic, but sometimes we go crazy with things. And what I love about Melvin, other than all those other things, is that you know, you've been able to sort of maintain it like this very healthy, healthy space. One thing you said to me years ago when we used to have to carry those crates and those. Uh, right. You remember when you oh, said yeah. this to me? You're like, I don't mind doing it because it's a workout. Right. <laughs> exactly. I was like, Oof. Exactly. We forget how heavy crates of records yes. and Technic 1200 turntables yes. were Each in cases and like all that. 50 right. pounds a piece. Right. So, so just just I mean, just entertain us for a second about how you're able to sort of keep it together? Well, good genetics, for one. I okay. thank my uh, mom and pop. So yes. good genetics. And um, a lot of people don't know this that know me in the house community. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I used to run track professionally. Okay, so you were an athlete. So, yes, I was a, a hurdler and a sprint. I ran in high school and college and right. ran with Nike for for a few years. Sure. And if you if you don't see, Mel- if you're not looking at Melvin, um, what's up, Maurice? Hey, Sharon, if you're not looking at Melvin, so let me let me can I just describe you? I'm not trying to be objectifying here, but I, I just think, you know, I, I admire him for his ability to do that. But, you know, Melvin is just classic, classic, beautiful. And he also works out. So when you see him DJing, he will often have his shirt off. <laughs> I get overheated. Is that it's what not it is? from vanity. It's because from getting you know, overheated. I did want to ask about that because <laughs> I'm like, I don't see. I think he's the only DJ Chloe that I've ever seen with his shirt off DJing. What's up, Andra? I'm in Florida. Yes, I will be in Florida this this uh, Saturday at the Lemon City Day School. Thomas P. Span is bringing me down there. So if you're in Miami, please come check us out. Ten o'clock. We'll talk about that later. 
But um, back to you. <laughs> <laughs> I will stop with I will stop with that. But you know, we talk about health. We had a uh, Lady Alicia and, and Mickey on here, and we've had other folks who talk about health because it's one of these things that we take for granted. And you look around, and people who are in their fifties and sixties start checking out. You know, and yeah. and it's because our habits get so bad, and and even especially DJs who are who are uh, traveling a lot. You know, you can be on the road, and fast food is an easy comfort food. You know, I know when I'm on the road, uh, sometimes I just turn to that because I know what to expect if I'm if I'm going to exactly. a Subway or a McDonald's, what have you. Yes, definitely. As I sit here with my chocolate milkshake from Oprah okay. Weiss, well, but Oprah you have Weiss to have a little milk. indulgence, you know, from time to time. Oprah Weiss, I don't know about their politics, but their chocolate milk is good. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Our wife got some questionable politics. What's up, Joseph? What's up, Wendell? So um, what I want to do, um, and before we get started, there's one other little commercial that I want to do for the people who are watching. Um, we are a, you know, we exist, this radio show and this Facebook Live show exists because um, of donations. So right now, WNUR is having its annual phone-a-thon and uh, it's happening right now. It only happens one time a year where they have to raise all the money to bring you this show. Uh, not, not the Vintage House show, but the whole entire WNUR studio, the archives, the music, the equipment, all of that stuff costs money. And the university doesn't necessarily just pay for it. So I'm asking you, if you're watching now, um, you know, you can go to WNUR.org. Um, just make a small donation, even if it's five bucks, ten bucks, whatever it is. It really helps to keep make sure that these types of shows stay on the air. Um, you can also call right now. There's people taking calls at one eight four seven eight six six WNUR eight four seven eight six six WNUR. We really would appreciate it if you guys uh, donated a little bit, and I'll put some up on Facebook if that's an easier way to link to it. Um, so that's a little commercial. I, Melvin, uh, you're from Columbia, Maryland. Columbia, Maryland, right. Now, how did, how did you uh, end up in Chicago? Well, first I, of all, let's, where, where in Columbia? I mean, how did, is your family from there? How did, well, my family is actually from Kentucky. Okay. Uh, Dad was adopted. His okay. father is Brazilian, actually. Okay. So a little bit of everything there, a little bit of a mixture. But um, my dad worked for the government, and we... Uh, my stepmom at the time was working in Baltimore. Yes. So we needed a location that was sort of equidistant for both of them. And ah. Columbia was a wonderful suburb okay. that just happened to fit that description. It's equal distance from where to where? Between Washington, D.C. And, and Baltimore. And Baltimore. Got it. Mm-hmm. So when did you move to Chicago? Moved to Chicago in 1988, April of April 4th, really? 1988. Why do I feel like I've known you so much longer than that? Right. I know. It does seem like it's been a long time. But I think I, I yeah. Okay, 1988. And I feel like probably since our link was a dearly departed friend who right. knew you even years before. That's it. Robert that's what, Parks. That's what it is. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about Rob because because that is what brought you to me. But uh, so you came to Chicago in 1988 for what reason? Came to Chicago in 88 to help open a store, okay. Dr. Wax Records in Hyde Park. Dr. Wax. I don't yeah. ever talk about Dr. Wax. Yes. Yeah, so I was assistant manager there for okay. a few years. Okay. And that was my main uh, purpose for actually coming to Chicago was to help open that store in Hyde Park. Were you doing record store in Columbia? No, not at all. Actually, through a mutual friend that I knew from college, okay. um, 
she was working mm-hmm. on campus at the University of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And at the time, the owner was expanding. There was a Lincoln Park location of Dr. Wax at the time, and he wanted to open up another branch. And mm-hmm. so I kind of, through default, kind of right. ended up in Chicago at Dr. Wow. Wax, the original Hyde Park Dr. Wax on uh, 53rd Street. Wow. You know, we don't talk about Dr. Wax in Hyde Park, but I so distinctly remember it right after you just said that. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. It was an iconic store. It absolutely was. Mm-hmm. And so you you came in to manage the store. Where did you end up living? Uh, at the time, I was living in Rogers Park, so okay. not too far here from, you know, Evanston. Right. Uh, I was living in uh, Rogers Park and making that journey to Hyde to Park. To Hyde Park, right? Yes. From one park to the next exactly. park. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Hey, listen, what's up for Rogers Park? That's where I live. It's a good place to live. And then I moved to Hyde Park, too. So I think I might have been living there while you were working there. Yeah. And then I moved to Hyde Park many years later. But okay, yeah. Did you like uh, so were you happy with the move? I was. Yeah, it was exciting. It was different. You know, a lot of uh, musical genres, house in particular, were at its heyday back then in the late 80s. And now was that your first exposure to it or no? Um, My first exposure to house was in Baltimore, Mm -hmm. which really had a thriving. The Baltimore, D.C. area really had a thriving underground scene. You know, iconic DJs like the Basement Boys and DJ Spin and Charisma. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they're all from the Baltimore area, Ultra Nate. Yes. They're all from that area. So my first exposure was an underground club in Baltimore on Charles Street Mm -hmm. called Odell's. Okay. And they had a slogan. Their uh, slogan was, you'll know if you belong. I love that. And it was an amazing sound system, Uh incredible DJs that played music uh, that was going on in Europe. Music was played that was going on in Chicago, on the East Coast, the West uh, West End music. When was that happening? What year? Um, I would say that was probably late 70s i'm really telling my age now mm-hmm. but we late 70s yes we, exactly we, we tell our age on this show right so, and you do you have know, to wear it with the badge house you know but uh, late 70s <laughs> late 70s early 80s uh-huh. that club was thriving wow. with an amazing sound system yeah. and just incredible djs and music and that sparked my interest now now you have a very unique perspective as someone who was coming of age in a different city that was playing disco, dance, house, and had an underground scene. Was that was Odell's a gay club or was it? Odell's was an everybody club. It was, it was okay. all inclusive. It wasn't mm-hmm. um, particularly a gay club. They had a couple of nights a week that right. catered to the gay crowds. Okay, but so overall, everybody just partied together, and there wasn't as much of a division as, as things yeah. came to be. You know. As years pass. So I have so many questions about it because I love I love that you had that experience and then came to Chicago and had a different probably a different experience. Did did you have the did did Baltimore have uh, anything that was similar to what was happening in Chicago just in terms of the the house music um, origins, you know, people who were creating tracks and like what we experienced in Chicago and we talk about a vintage house. Was there a similar path there uh somewhat somewhat i'll say djs like the basement boys who were sort of honing their craft at Mm -hmm. the time uh which became worldwide you know they're quite known and good friends of mine Mm -hmm. um but they you know 
we didn't have in the Baltimore area necessarily the origins of Chicago House, of course, the right. sparse instrumentation and mm-hmm. tracks and things mm-hmm. on tracks records and DJ International. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was more of a Chicago thing. But but uh, Baltimore was an excellent fusion okay. of things that were happening pretty much all over. Wow. It was sort of a, a hybrid, very much so. And they still have a pretty thriving scene from oh, what yes. I understand. And we yeah, just, they do. Was just talk. I just uh, did a party uh, last month in Newark, and I was DJing with uh, the Balt- a Baltimore DJ. Yeah, Lisa Moody told exactly. me that uh, that you came up there. I spoke Lisa with her a couple of weeks Lisa ago. Lisa was great. Yeah, yeah she's mm-hmm. a really good DJ. Um, so, so yeah, she does a party with Alternate. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's called Deep Sugar. Deep Sugar. All right, Baltimore, we're coming. I, I, I'm getting all kinds of signs. I got to go to Baltimore to just feel the energy. So it's definitely I there. Want, I it's definitely, I definitely a thriving scene and has been for quite a while. Well, do you get mm-hmm. back very often? I don't get back as as often as I'd like. I try to make it back from time to time. But, okay. you know, I'm also a flight attendant with United. I'm an LQ flight attendant. So I know my you know, I spend a lot of time in Brazil and a lot of time in Paris and Brussels. So I'm kind of all over. What is LQ? Language qual. I'm a Portuguese and uh, okay. French speaker uh, with uh, United. Look, look at this guy. Okay, so he speaks Portuguese and French. Okay, I'm just you know I'm over you. I love you. I'm, the just, the love is mutual. The love is mutual. So you know, listen, I got a lot of questions, but can I talk about you being a flight attendant for a second? Of course. So Melvin is a flight attendant for United, which is my favorite airline, by the way. I do the, the card, the club, all that. Oh, that's stuff. good to hear. I'm 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 <laughs> faithful. I'm racking up my miles. I love United. Um, and Chicago's being their hub, you know, it, it, I can always get a flight out of here, so that right. that helps a lot. Uh, so people are scared to fly in this community. I've talked to a number of DJs who don't like flying. And it's really kind of funny that you mentioned that because. <laughs> yeah. One of the best, to me, one of the best kept secrets of D amongst DJs has been Oscar McMillan over the years. Okay. A dear friend of mine. And we haven't spoken for a while. Okay. But one of his main fears was flying. He would get invitations all over the world, but yet would not go because he just did not want to fly. Okay. So that is, you know, and that's a common phobia that a lot of people do have that they don't particularly care to fly. So if, you know, for all of you who are watching right now, if you're afraid of flying or have someone in your life who's afraid of flying, this is a good time to watch. Should they be afraid of flying? I'll say this. It's statistically it's safer than being on the ground. Of course, there are a lot more cars on the ground. So I guess you have to take those statistics with a grain of salt. Sure. But, you know, once again, statistically, there aren't a lot of accidents in aviation. Right, right. Um, And, you know, the industry's very regulated. It has to be. Absolutely. But, uh, and, you know, a lot of people who are fearful of flying Mm -hmm. don't understand turbulence. Turbulence. So essentially. Turbulence is what gets people's anxiety. Yeah, that's what unnerves. And that's basically just the wind. 
It's the win. It's the win. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you're plummeting to your death or anything <laughs> like that. It's windy outside. Just as you're driving right. your car, when it's excessively windy, you, feel you can feel it shift. Yeah. So because you don't have anything underneath you, when, you know, obviously uh-huh. you don't have the ground or anything solid underneath you, right. that's what that is. So yeah. I always explain that to passengers yeah. who are fearful. Yeah. And I even had Terry Hunter, as a matter of fact, uh-huh. ask me, uh, years ago, how do you do it? It just unnerves me. I just don't understand it and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, once again, it's it's, it's wind. wind. Yeah. It's wind. And you're go- and you are in the air. So you're going to have wind. Yes. Because exactly. I, I think that what people and I'm talking about other people, not me, of course. But what people <laughs> might might sense is that. Like, should it be that windy? Is there a problem that you're you're encountering the wind? And I'm like, you know, it's the wind. It's Mother Nature. Yeah. Right. It's going to happen just like outside. You <laughs> like, can't control what's, it. What's wrong with the pilot? Why can't they fly yeah. around this wind? Well, for the most part, and that's a good question. <laughs> yes. Uh, because you do have radar. Mm-hmm. You can detect storm systems typically are going to have excessive winds. Okay. So that is... That appears on radar. Yes. But then there's also what's called as uh, clear turbulence and things that the pilots Mm -hmm. don't see. Yes. And so, you know, when you're going through it, sometimes you just don't have a choice. Yeah, I've I've experienced that. I always like to sit on the window because I'm one of those who likes to see everything. You Mm -hmm. know, I want I want to if I see a cloud up above, I think, okay, we might have some bumps. It might be some storms there. So then I can prepare myself for it. And as though the announcement goes. Even though you're seated, keep your seatbelts fastened in case of unexpected turbulence. <laughs> Have you seen <laughs> unexpected turbulence where people... Oh, yes. I've bounced off the ground on quite a really? few occasions. Oh, yes, But goodness. I mean, I know what it is. And okay. I always tell passengers, don't let it unnerve you. Yes. Um, until you hear the flight attendant scream. Then, <laughs> then when you hear us scream, you know, then <laughs> it's not normal. Finders Plus Real Estate is a proud sponsor of Vintage House. Finders Plus, real estate advisors for professionals. Visit us at FindersPlus.com. You like that job. You've been there for a while. Yeah, like 23 years. Wow. So, yeah, it's been quite a career. What got you into being a, what what made you want to do that? I was coming back from DJing in Europe um, in the late 90s. And I was at the at an airport. I was in um, Atlanta at the airport and I was at the um, in line at the counter. Mm -hmm. And uh, there were a group of people that really just did not have a very good command of English and they were French. Mm -hmm. So I was helping the customer service agent at the time Mm -hmm. check them in and they had questions and so forth. And she said, you know what, have you ever thought about working for an airline? You're wonderful and you're (laughs) multilingual. You should consider it. And I was like, nah, I can't ever see myself doing that. And then I think what, four years later, I ended up there anyway. So, Hey, well, you know what? I, I think that, uh, it sounded like it was a good move for you. Yeah. And I had a few friends that worked with United and they loved it and traveled all over and, you know, I had traveled previously from my days of running and DJing and everything, but yeah. not on a weekly basis. It's yeah. a whole new you know, it's, dimension. It, we talked about DJs who travel and, and, and sort of the the way to make it as a DJ. And we've talked about this numerous times on this show and, and in other settings. Um, but it's very difficult 
you know, it's it's not an easy life. Um, yeah. Even for folks who do very well, uh, it's not an easy life. No, it's not. It's a lot of traveling out of a bag. And trust me, I know about that, you yes. know, be, being that's what I do every week. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, in addition to the DJ, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not an easy lifestyle. Um, it's political. A lot what of it's is, very tell, political. Talk about that. It's I would say it's more a lot of times mm -hmm. who, you know, it's being in the right sure. place at the right time with the exposure and getting heard yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, and often the politics, I think, can be a little bit frustrating. Sure. Um, but. You know, it mirrors any other aspect of life. Yeah, it, life it, it, is it, political. It's not a, always like if you act, if you ask um, any actor or any yeah. singer, it's not always their talent per se. No, it's and their sometimes a lot. It's, it's their connections. It's mm -hmm. luck. It's being at the right place at the yeah. right time. Yeah. And it's no different with the DJ world. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's tough for people mm -hmm. who are trying to tr trying oh, yeah. to do that. And. I yeah. mean, we know so many. It's you know, there are many, many D DJs uh, mm -hmm. who feel like, why can't I make millions of dollars? And it's oh, like, yeah. well, not very many people are going to make millions of dollars, right? Yeah, it, you and, and you, a lot <laughs> like of it too field, right? is, and then it's it's very difficult also mm -hmm. in cities that are really house music meccas right. in Chicago being one of those you have mm -hmm. so many DJs yeah everybody DJs yeah now that's not to say that everybody should be DJing <laughs> out and about okay but that's you know and not <laughs> to sound I like that out and about yeah and like not you know there are a lot of basement <laughs> DJs some need to stay in the basement but uh, Leonard, Leonard Roy just said preach yeah so you know Darryl? in a city <laughs> where you have just hundreds of DJs literally yeah, we do it's Is difficult that unusual and I think it's more so in Chicago because okay. it's one of the larger cities in the right, country for right. one and then also because the genre house music here has become what we're known for and I say yeah. we because I've lived in Chicago Absolutely. longer than we, I've we, lived anywhere we now. count you as a Chicago yeah I'm a Chicagoan <laughs> but you know transfer uh Baltimore has their own version of the chosen few called collective minds right I've which heard. I love yeah. that title by uh -huh. the way and they put out records mm -hmm. yeah. and I know um you know the organizers of that and I'm like well you know and it's for Baltimore DJs mm -hmm. and I'm like well you know I grew up in the, in that area you know I'd love to be invited right. to the collective minds and they're like no you don't live in Baltimore oh. and you haven't lived in Baltimore for many years I'm like yeah it has been three decades uh -huh. so over but three decades a native. but I'm a hybrid yeah as and that's uh how I describe myself yeah. and I think my style of DJing, my energy, mm -hmm. my taste in music mm -hmm. sort of reflect that I'm a renaissance person. You are. And just basically that I, if it sounds good, I like it. I don't try to put a label on it yes. or anything like that. So speaking of sounds good, one of the things that uh, you say on your Facebook page, because, you know, this is the way we do research now. We go to people's Facebook pages, but... You say house music is a soundtrack of your life. Oh, definitely. Um, well, wh wh why is that? Well, I think that just basically house music has been my favorite genre of music. I like everything. Mm -hmm. um, but because I can think of events in my life, I can think of a song that what songs correlates stand out to for that. 
Oh. If you had to name some of this, what's on your soundtrack? What's on my soundtrack? You oh, get, wow. You get to create one. Wow, that's a, that's <laughs> a good one. Uh, once again, I think mm-hmm. it's my background of having to have grown up in the Baltimore area. So you got to There was a signature song. Now, okay. a lot of Chicagoans probably will not be familiar with this one in Let's particular. See. What is it? But it was an Italian import okay. in the late 70s. Uh, KSB is the group. Uh-huh. And the song is Misa Luba. Okay. Which basically it translates to a Catholic mass. Have y'all heard of Misa Luba? It's if in most Baltimoreans will automatically be like, oh, yeah, Misa Luba from Odell's. That was I the song. I love it. Okay. Every time I hear that, it takes me back to 10th grade. Wow. When I had a fake ID and went to Odell's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, At, but, in 10th grade. Oh, yes. So I, and, I, I'm definitely going to Google that as soon as I get home. Oh, yeah. And as a matter of fact, I never had the record. And until like maybe 15 years ago with uh, Discogs being what it yes. is and more social media being what it now. is. And yeah. I think I bought it for like 75 U.S. dollars. Wow. Because I had to have this because it was just that important to me because I think back to my origins of wanting to become a DJ. I remember being at Odell's and the DJ booth was Uh up above the floor. And I can remember as uh, a teenager climbing up there to see what was going on and just being so intrigued Mm -hmm. by the power that the DJ had Mm -hmm. over everybody in there. You saw people with their eyes rolling back in their head. But then again, it was the 70s. So some of that was probably (laughs) due to uh, (laughs) induced substances. But a lot of it was natural. Also, a lot of it was that soundtrack. It was that power that dance music had over everyone. That's crazy. And I just had to be a part of it. Now, I had to be a part of it. Did you start DJing in Baltimore or did that start in Chicago? No, that really started. In, I was a basement DJ when okay. I was, you know, with that, with turntables that just belt drive oh, turntables. Yeah. No, we all started with Trying those. to do that and figure it yeah. all out. Yeah. But um, I actually, when I first actually started playing, it yes. was in Chicago. There now, was... Lorraine's and did you play at Lorraine's? I played. I guessed at Lorraine's okay. with Michael Izibuku yes. on a few occasions. The clubhouse was there. Yes. The, you know the generator with okay. Dana Powell. We you know were residents there and I didn't know you were a resident at, at yeah. At I the uh, generator. I Dana Powell was the main uh, he was. DJ at the time. There mm-hmm. was Tyrone Mix at one point definitely uh, who was very influential and Dana was there and invited me to do Thursdays. And a lot of times I would uh, Mm -hmm. guest spot with him on Saturdays Mm -hmm. or he knew he could depend on me to carry the crowd if he couldn't make it on Saturdays and so on. Now, did you get the bug uh, from working at uh, Dr. Wax? I mean, where, when did, you know, where did you start? Well, the the actually DJ. Um, I would say I actually kind of started under the guidance of Michael uh, Izibuku Mm -hmm. and George Alexander, who, God rest his soul, Mm -hmm. is not with us anymore. But they DJed at a little bar, a little hole in the wall Mm -hmm. that uh, used to be right across from... 
from the uh, Harold Washington You're not talking Library. about Rialto's. The Rialto. <laughs> Yeah. The the Rialto's is famous. The Rialto. We talk oh, about yeah. Rialto a lot. Yes. And the Rialto <laughs> is where I actually yes. first touched a pair of Technic 1200s okay. in front of people. Okay. And it wasn't that great when it, the first, the very first time. Oh, my goodness. But as with most of us, you hone your, you hone your craft yeah. and you yeah. become more technically efficient. It's tough. And you learn how to program yeah. and do all of that. The first time I touched a pair of 1200s was in a battle. And I was, I was playing on, on like, the, the belt-driven Geminis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I showed up to the battle, and it was 1200s. Okay. And I was like, okay, I guess I can figure this out. <laughs> it's <laughs> a turntable. It's interesting that you say that now because there are so many avenues for DJing uh-huh. now. You know, yeah. it was the standard Technic 1200s at one point. If yes. you were a DJ, this is what you played yes, on. Was the industry now standard. you have controllers, you right. have pioneers who are still basically the industry standards, but it's kind of branched out to so That's many true. different types of oh, yeah. CDJs and oh, yeah. everything of that nature. So. Yeah, it, it's interesting. It's so, interesting. So you worked also, you worked in Gramophone, which is, I think, when I met you. Yes. You were at Gramophone. Yeah, well, I, was at Gra- I started at Gramophone in 92. And I, at a, I one point, yeah. at one point, I was working both at Dr. Wax and, and at, at Gramophone. Gramophone. And yeah. we met, um, reason, the reason I put in my post that, you know, Melvin was my tastemaker is that I think it's, you know, I, I've heard Chippy say this too, is that when you work in a record store and you see... DJs come in and you get to learn what they like you you're able to help them curate their taste oh totally I mean we you know uh, DJs all across the city and the area Mm -hmm. and you know we had a very uh, efficient uh, mail catalog at uh, gramophone where you know you could call if you didn't live in the Mm -hmm. Chicago area and we shipped records and that sort of thing so that uh, part of that extension of gramophone was pretty pretty uh good at the time yeah yeah and uh so you know a lot of the djs that you know the top djs um a lot of us worked at gramophone as well right for everybody from heather dj Mm -hmm. heather colette Derek carter ralphie Mm -hmm. rosario Mm -hmm. oscar um josh warner a lot of us worked there at the time lego right a lot of us also worked there so we had our own parties at gramophone it was amazing i I used to love that place i mean Mm -hmm. we spent a lot of time in there so yeah it was one uh a good meeting place absolutely and it it, it was i miss those days in a lot of all the flyers on the walls oh yeah mixtapes and i mean you know Mm -hmm. it was it was pretty pretty cool but you know a lot of the djs the other djs Mm -hmm. in the city that because everybody if you DJed and took it seriously, you shopped at Gramophone. You did, right. Amongst other places. There was imports. Right. There was Loop. Sure. Uh, but I think that the Gramophone was probably the music dance store mecca yeah. in Chicago. I, I would agree. Definitely. I mean, that that's where I got majority of my mm-hmm. music. And so a lot of the DJs that did come in there, they looked to us for guidance because we heard things first. How would you describe the difference between Gramophone and, say, imports, et cetera? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I won't say a lot of major, major differences. Um, Maybe that it was just the place. I mean, it was just, you know, I think you have 
as every endeavor in life, you have places that mm -hmm. do it better. Yeah. You know, you have your favorite department stores, but you have those that are better stocked. Sure. You have those. So I think we were better stocked at I Gramophone. Think, I think you had a lot more yeah. options. I, I think the staff that. was a lot more knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. I think that... Uh, the owners had a true passion for it. If mm -hmm. there's one thing I can say about Carl mm -hmm. and uh, Joe and Dale, who were the owners of mm -hmm. Gramophone for many, many years, is that that was their passion. Yeah, They lived it. And so I think it separated them and it's made the store just, mm -hmm. it gave it that meeting place. It gave yeah. it that down it home feel. feel. It had a yeah. good feel to it. You felt welcome when uh -huh. you came in. Absolutely. Everybody was very fond of our clientele mm -hmm. and you grew relationships with them. It was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. No, I loved it. Mm -hmm. And you know, I actually... Um, to this day, mm -hmm. I meet a lot of people and they'll be like, oh, mm -hmm. I remember you from Gramophone. Mm -hmm. I got off a flight in Brazil mm -hmm. and there was a gentleman on the flight and I'm walking down the concourse in uh, Guarulhos Airport in yeah. Brazil. And he says, you worked at Dr. Wax. And I'm like, oh, my God, really? <laughs> you remember me from Dr. Wax and Gramophone? Yeah. You remember me? Uh, yeah. From Dr. Wax and Gramophone. I, I think that's important. I mean, listen, I, rem I remember people who helped me f refine my taste, too. Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, people who work in record stores are really important if they get the job. If they know mm -hmm. what, you know, if they, oh, yeah. if they pay attention you to You have clients. a passion for it, which right. we did. We took it very yes. seriously. And I, you know, you get to know your clientele right. as they come in. And I never recommended or tried to push anything just because we had it at the store. Yeah. If I didn't like it, if I wouldn't spend it myself, I right. wasn't necessarily recommending right. it. No, no. And so I, I think that's that. what really separated, yeah. you know, us from other places. Right. And, you know, the DJs appreciated that. They would come in and they yeah. know that they were going to walk out of there and be able to have something special for that weekend, for that party. Absolutely. for. I, I felt like as soon as I got my little package together, I'm like, I'm ready. You know, mm -hmm. I, we would go home and play it. And we were like, we're breaking this. This. Oh, weekend, yeah, exactly. Always, now, always. you asked me earlier about another song from my soundtrack. Yes. One I of my main ones. <laughs> and this reminds me of when I first uh -huh. moved to Chicago, driving down Lakeshore Drive. Uh oh. And it's snowing, so the backdrop I is typical Chicago in the wintertime. And WBMX, mm -hmm. uh, for those of you who are too young to remember WBMX, <laughs> the main um, dance music yes. uh, radio station in Chicago mm -hmm. in the mid-80s yes. and early 90s. I think they yeah, faded out. somewhere around there. So I'm driving down on uh, Lakeshore Drive, and I hear... Can you feel it? Larry Heard, oh, Mr. Fingers, Mr. over Fingers, the on Larry the Heard, on WBMX. Mm -hmm. And I had my system up in my car and it just went yes. all through my soul. <laughs> and I was just like <laughs> almost just sort of captivated by this right. record. The record to me to this day, I can yes, play it. And yes. I have helped Larry with um remixes of it yes. and I have one that I play in particular and even when I play it now in 2020 uh, other DJs are like what's that what that's yes. okay that's can you feel it but it has another twist right. to it 
And Larry is a dear friend of mine, so it makes it even more special. That's great. You know, I met I him years Larry later, Larry. and we just became like brothers almost. But, um, yeah, so Can You Feel It is one of the main yes. influential songs, and yeah. it sort of gave a lot of the Chicago house um more instrumentation uh -huh. and it gave it you know wasn't just the beat tracks and right. things of that nature but it yeah. had a musicality to it it did it did and it had a, a very sensual vibe it did it, it was it's that perfect yeah. combination of ambience mm -hmm. yet it's energetic yeah. as well yeah. and it's just one of probably one of the most influential house songs and in, wow. in the history of the genre how about that Larry Hurd, if you're watching, we love you. and hope Uncle Larry, as I call Uncle him. Uncle Larry, <laughs> <laughs> please come on my show. We'd love to talk to you. Oh, maybe, I'm sure he would love Melvin it. Maybe Melvin can convince you to I'll do try. You know, Larry lives in Memphis now. As a matter of fact, I saw oh, him. I, I stopped through. here in Chicago. No, Larry moved in okay. 97. He moved okay. to Memphis. Okay. And, uh, of course, it's hard to find him in Memphis sometime because he travels the world DJing yes. and singing and just all doing all that. sorts of things. I know. But, um, you know, uh, I saw him back in March of last year mm -hmm. and spent some time with oh, him and we fantastic. rehashed some old times. And I love it. I love I love Can You Feel and I love What About This Love. Oh, yeah. Larry was an amazing that, artist. That is, Larry's is just, a great person. And, and it couldn't come from a more humble but talented but yeah. humble person. That's, He's that's the best combination. Oh, it is. It is. I, I love that. You know. People, those who do anything mm -hmm. and do it well, be it DJing, mm -hmm. be it dancing, be it singing, you're a messenger. I agree. So you always have to remember that it's bigger than yourself. Yeah. And you're here to bring it across. Yeah. You're the disciple. You're people, the messenger. People are listening. They're coming for a reason. It's mm -hmm. because they're, they're wanting to be filled up. And if oh, yeah. you're responsible... With the way that you deliver something, that, oh, yeah. that goes a long way. Definitely. What else is on your soundtrack? Oh, let's see. What else is on my soundtrack? Any, anything and new? And there's so much. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much. What's well, something that you always play? Uh, one of my main staples, I love a good vocal. Yes. But one of my main, say, I'm a very big Don Tallman fan. Okay. So I love a lot of yeah. Don Tallman I tracks. For me, was really, really a good yes. uh, staple of mine. Um, you know, so she yeah. has many that I can play at any time. And it's that perfect combination yeah. of energy, a good vocalist. Yes, uh, she's great. Yeah. I played one of her songs at the Chosen Few Picnic. It's, she, I, I really love, I, I love, I love Dawn as well. What, what else? Anything else that like you would say, this is a, this is a signature Melvin song? A signature Melvin song, other in addition to a lot of the Larry Heard tracks, yeah. a signature. I love the Afro sound. Do you? So, okay. uh, DeCapo, uh, mm -hmm. Heavy K. Okay. Uh, there's a uh, one in particular that I play a lot mm -hmm. is a staple for me is Umbovukazi. I love that. Song. And it's just yeah. amazing. The energy is yes. amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, 
And it's that's one of my goals is to do a party in South Africa Come because on. they just have such a movement over I there know. and such an appreciation for. Yeah. For house man I've dance seen music. I've seen like so many people just they go there and they're like, OK, everybody needs to experience that at least once. Yes. So I agree. I agree with you 100 percent. Now, next when you go, you got to let me know, though, so I can be in the suitcase with you. you oh, <laughs> <laughs> and you do the same. I'll sneak in your bag as well. I want to hang out in South Africa. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. So we are. It's already 11 o'clock. Oh, my God. So there were so many things we didn't get a chance to talk about. I wanted to talk about our dear friend, Rob Parks, who brought us together, passed away a few years ago. But he was a quintessential collector. I have his whole music collection. You know That's that, right? right. That's you got to right. come you by get, and check it yeah, out. Yeah, definitely. Um, home life. You're married. You're doing well. Everything. Yes, I feel blessed. You are um, blessed. I have recently for a long time I thought of myself as more one who was just kind of Uh in the background as far as DJing I wasn't doing as many things as I probably did in the 90s and so forth but that's kind of gone full circle and I'm getting a lot of invitations in the last few years I know I've seen you spinning a lot and so what what what's the future hold for Melvin um basically I hope the future I can just continue to bring the music across to be that messenger yes. to be one that still has a passion for Absolutely. the music and yeah. you know when the i don't let having gigs necessarily define my djing Absolutely. because for years when i wasn't playing out mm-hmm. and had sort of took a a, a hiatus from djing at clubs and mm-hmm. bars i still you know, DJ for myself yeah. because, and I always will because yeah. it's my passion. Well, that's who you are. Definitely. It's who yeah. I am. That's right. So listen, you heard it here. You've done a lot. I thank you for being here. Thanks for the invitation. I was yeah. really looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, you know, and by the way, we're going to be making this into a podcast, which is why Chloe is here, our, our able uh, podcast producer. Um, so this will be available on your favorite podcast streaming services. Uh, you can hear more from Melvin, and um, hopefully you'll come back and visit with oh, us Oh, anytime, anytime, and I'll play next time. I'll, uh, yeah, but thank you so much for having me. Love you to death. Love you, too, and uh, you're going to play for sure next time. But where can we see you? Any any play, anything coming up? Uh, let's see. I'm going to be at Renaissance in Bronzeville okay. next Wednesday for a birthday celebration for Robert Coco Walker. So that's the first uh, Wednesday in um, March. March. Got it. Uh, that uh, Friday... DJ Lil John from 106 okay. and Mickey Calvin. We do VIP out in the uh, South Suburbs, Great. 183rd and Pulaski. Yes. So I'll be doing that that Friday. Then Saturday, uh, I'm doing <laughs> code. Yeah, code Saturday, red. there's Code Red Good. for Ike Williams' uh, birthday party with Mike Dunn awesome. and DJ Alicia. Awesome. And um, Ascension on the 27th of March. So March is a little busy for me. March is a busy month. There's a lot going on Mm -hmm. this month. Well, I hope you catch caught all of that, but you can catch Melvin next week for sure at Renaissance right away. That's a great party. Where is that located? That's in Bronzeville right near uh, King Drive and 47th. All right, cool. Well, honey, thanks again for for joining us. Um, We're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. And by the way, this is the Phonathon. So if you're watching and you want to continue seeing WNUR, please uh, visit WNUR.org and make a little small donation, even if it's five bucks. Hey, Joe Smooth, 
What's up? Joe Smooth said, hey. Hey, Joe. That's <laughs> a, speaking of icons. Speaking of icons, Joe Smooth. Definitely. There's a Joe Smooth part of that. I include him and Marshall Jefferson. Oh, in, yes. You know, that part of get, putting Chicago yes. on the map. So big you, ups, Joe. If it wasn't Joe. for you, it wouldn't have happened. All right. We love you guys. So stay tuned. We got more music coming for you. Whenever you're ready, take it away. Thank you guys for watching. We will see you next week. Listen to Vintage House on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on WNUR 89.3 FM, WNUR.org, Facebook Live, and VintageHouseShow.com. Founders Plus Real Estate is a proud sponsor of Vintage House. Founders Plus, real estate advisors for professionals. Visit us at FindersPlus.com. Vintage House on WNR 89.3 FM.